This week's podcast brought to you by Sadleries. I was traveling to Washington, D.C. the other day, and we landed 40 minutes earlier than we were supposed to. It's we a 45-minute flight. Yeah, but, well, they built in an hour and a half. We landed 45 minutes early We when we got on the... You know, taxied down the runway and the captain got on and said, uh, we're here early. There's no gate available. We're going to be s- probably sitting here on the runway for 35 minutes, but that's okay because we will still have an on-time arrival. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Yesterday, I did something very shameful. I know. I'm still ashamed about it. Oh, what was it? You weren't here yesterday. No, I was in Washington, D.C. Do you want to hear hear what I did? Absolutely. I, I feel uncomfortable even telling the story. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> anticipating it. But I'm still going to tell the story. S- staying at a hotel, calling a—I was going to call—yesterday I called a, a Washington Mystics game. They, they beat the Phoenix Mercury. So I, I wake up on Tuesday morning, the day of the game, and—, and uh, go into the hotel lobby and they have complimentary coffee so I went and you know poured a cup of coffee threw in a little bit of cream went about my way what then went to practices whatever came back now it's time to go to the game it's mid-afternoon and I want another little cup of coffee but the coffee bar has been cleared of course because it's no longer morning so there's a restaurant attached to the hotel and I walk over and I, I say to the woman working the I guess the hostess, I say, can I get a cup of coffee to go? Sure, of course, you can get a cup of coffee to go. So standing there, it takes quite a while, but they come and put this little tiny cup of coffee in front of me. Thimble-sized. Yeah, well, it's a little bigger than that. But, you know, we're used to now, you know, tall, grande, venti. This is like, like the styrofoam <laughs> cup that detectives used to drink out of in, in yeah, 70s Yeah, with TV a lid, shows. but in its small I would say it's like literally maybe one measuring cup, liquid measure or dry measure for you. And it's like, okay, so they went over and they got the little folio and came back with the bill inside the folio. And I opened up the folio and I looked down, $9 cup of coffee, $7 for the coffee, then some sort of convenience fee and then 20% gratuity and some other charge, even though all the girl did was walk over and pour a cup of coffee. But now I'm stuck because the coffee's in front of me. They've given me the goods, so I have to did pay. You, did you re- remove the lid under the pretense of blowing the steam off and then <laughs> and then throw it in the person's face? No, no, but I, I, I didn't know quite what to do because, of course, I didn't want to spend $9 for this for any size cup of coffee, but, if, but especially for a miniature cup of coffee. But... They'd already given me the coffee, so I felt like I had to. So I did. I didn't tip on top of the 20% gratuity and whatever else other fees they added. And 
There is no more gratuitous gratuity than the one that you add on top of the one that they've already charged you for. Exactly. So I said, well, can I have a little bit of cream? And they went on a hunt. I don't know where they went to get this cream, but it took forever. When they came back, it was in one of those little to-go containers that they put salad dressing in, clear with the clear lid. That's what they put the cream in and handed to me. But then, and then it was also a quandary because they didn't leave any room at the the top of the miniature cup of coffee. So I was like, okay, so I can either take a few sips of black coffee, which I don't particularly like, or I could pour out some of this this precious, precious coffee that was just so expensive. I don't know that, what that would be an ounce. And so anyway, I ended up figuring it out. We go to the arena, just like half hour away. An hour later, I still have half a cup of coffee. And if it was a dollar cup of coffee, I would have disposed of it. I would have thrown it away. Well, there, there is no dollar cup of coffee. There's complimentary coffee like you had in your hotel right, lobby, and there's right. $9 coffee. But right. there is no longer dollar Fair coffee. Fair enough. But, okay, even if it was a $2 cup of coffee, I, I, at that point I would have thrown away. I felt I'm like, I have to drink this. This is $4.50 worth of coffee. So you're just you're compounding your error. I know. And, and, and I'm thinking, too, because who has a fresh pot of coffee brewing at 3.30 in the afternoon, which is when I got this? So, of course, they just took the dregs from the morning, heated it up in the microwave, you know, put it in this little miniature cup and, and handed it to me. But I'm still, I'm almost Plus, uncomfortable telling this story because I'm, I'm the person who spent $9 on a not only a cup of coffee, a tiny cup of coffee and a tiny cup of bad coffee. Unwittingly spent that. And, yes. and one reason it was bad is because you, you uh, as Kramer, you used uh, Caesar dressing. Yeah. <laughs> Or was it ranch dressing? What's the creamy? <laughs> Blue cheese. It had the chunks. I don't know. I guess so from now on, if, I, if I'm if i not at a coffee shop, or I'm going to have to ask the person. If I don't see the price in front of me, excuse me, what do you charge for a to-go cup of coffee in your fine establishment? We'll stay with a the theme of like on the hunt for foodstuffs or beverages. This past weekend, our daughter was playing in an AAU tournament in New York in the Albany area. And for whatever reason, she got the bee in her bonnet that what she really would like was a smoothie. Smoothies aren't that difficult to find, shouldn't be difficult to Speaking find. Speaking of $9 drinks. Right. I've never met a smoothie that was less than $10. Right, right. Fortunately, when we're home, she's learned how to make them herself in the blender. But, uh, but I told her, you know, she was playing a couple games she wanted a smoothie in between the two games all right i'll go go looking for a smoothie for you because it was along a strip where there was tons of restaurants and all kinds of things a smoothie strip yeah i couldn't find a smoothie but what what made that even more unbelievable i'm driving along there was a saddlery a saddlery how do you even pronounce that S-A-D-D-L-E-R-Y? Yes. I've never heard of such a thing. A place that makes saddles? A place that makes saddles. I I drove by. I I would think of that as a saddleteria. It it was some something saddlery or saddlery. And and the pictures, I could see by the pictures, it was all horses with saddles. So I could have, okay, what do you want? You want a saddle? I can get you a saddle. Did you you stop in? No. And ask the person behind the counter if they get by on their... Saddlery salary? <laughs> I did not ask them that. Um, Was there a saladry nearby? There may have been. Um, but there's a one level, there's one degree of frustration when you can't get a smoothie. 
not that high, but it was the one thing she wanted. So I was driving around looking for it. But it's raised the notch when you see a saddlery. I can get I can get a saddle. Great, awesome. But no, you probably have gotten a paddle if there was a nearby REI. <laughs> Maybe so. A week ago, is it about a week ago? We're recording this on Wednesday. A week ago, tomorrow, we as six a, days ago, as six six this. days ago, we went to a movie premiere. It was pretty cool. We got picked up in a sprinter sprinter van. I can't remember the last time I was in a movie theater watching a movie. I know that's years. true. We certainly haven't been to a movie in a theater since COVID, right? And then right? to see your your beautiful visage on a on a seventy five foot tall screen. I mean, it was it was my pre knowing you visage. No, we, no, uh, no. Your your talking head, uh, modern day talking oh, head. Oh, we uh, anyway the family. We got dressed up. We went to New York City Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden for the premiere of Dream On, which is a documentary. Um, the premiere is ten, the well the a documentary about your 1996 yeah. Olympic team, the, and it's pretty incredible because um, they had all this behind the scenes footage that they showed during the documentary that I'd never seen. We should say it's a three hour documentary, three it's a, part. It's a three part, three hour documentary. It premieres on ESPN tonight, Wednesday, as we record this. As we record this, but then it's it'll be available on ESPN Plus. I'm sure they'll. Um, re-air it at some point but uh our our olympic team in 1996 we we tried out for the team in 1995 they made a national team of made up of 11 women and we toured the country and we toured the world for the follow the uh, next 11 months to prepare for the olympics you're not exaggerating when you say you toured the world you were in siberia you were in australia you were in stores connecticut yeah we, we went all over the country we played 50 um 50 games before the olympics started and um, and NBA Entertainment had had cameras rolling on us, um, obviously on the court, but off the court as well for much of that time. They had 500 hours. The uh, the director of the movie, her name is Kristen Lapis, um, watched 500 hours of all of this behind the scenes footage, and um, and took what she thought told the story best. And um, do you think she watched it all in 24 straight days without sleeping? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a Netflix binge. Um, and then also interviewed every member of the team. There's, there's 11 women on the national team. Then Venus Lacey was added as the 12th member, and it became the Olympic team before the Olympics in Atlanta. But um, she interviewed every single player for this documentary as well, and, and, and Coach Tari Vanderveer. Um, and we got to uh, watch two of the three hours um, at the movie premiere. Our, our oldest daughter was pretty excited because she said, is there going to be a red carpet? And uh, said, there was, and there was, and uh, so we got to walk the red carpet. We had our family picture taken. I've got to find out who has that so I can get a copy. And at um, various poignant moments, and there were many. I mean, it, it's a honest, uh, not always happy, uncomfortably so. Yeah, a portrait of what it was like for the players and coach coaches during that year and during the Olympics. But during, I think, the quietest, most poignant moments of the film. We could hear, let's go Rangers, clap, 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 because, of course, the Rangers were hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning in a playoff game also at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I would assume, because I didn't know until the first time I went there, most people don't know that there is a theater inside Madison Square Garden. It's enormous. It's where they have held the NBA draft. 
But I, I certainly, until I went there for the first time when I was playing for the Liberty, had no idea that there was a theater inside Madison Square Garden. Um, but it was really cool. It was it was neat to be a part of it and uh, and interesting because you know we spent my teammates and I spent an entire year together traveling everywhere. You know, you're kind of stuck together because you, people didn't have family members or anything travel with them, and and yet watching the film, I. I learned a bunch of stuff about teammates that I had absolutely, I was completely unaware of at the time and and didn't know for the last 25 years either. So um, anyway, I, th- I thought it was a really, really well done documentary. And I also had the uh, nostalgic sort of strangely warm feeling when it was all over and you had, you had done a little panel thing on the stage afterwards and were whisked away to some ante room, a room where they keep antes, I'm guessing. But um, And I was left with our three of our children in the theater, and I had the, I had the nostalgic uh, experience that, that I knew so well from attending your Liberty Games of Madison Square Garden blazered security coming in and yelling at everybody to get out of there, to get out of there now. And... Uh, did you recognize any of them, or were any, any some of them were new? The some guys. of them were some of them. Some of them. Uh, I have uh, Liberty ticket stubs older than some of them who were yelling it for for me to leave. And and um, and I said, I said, I've uh, uh, this isn't my first rodeo being yelled at by MSG security. In fact, I've probably been yelled at by MSG security at a rodeo. So uh, that was a warm feeling as well. It's what they do. We're going to have a shorter podcast than usual, head to viewer mail, because uh, as, today, oh, saying well, today is our, our, our sixth graders' last day of school. It's a half day. we got we got parenting to do. And also you say that as if, as if I mean, this is a gift to our, our viewers. Oh, having it short, shorter? Yeah. yeah, without you, question. You, I, don't think, I don't think they need any consolation say in less. this regard. Say less. Uh, so let's get to viewer mail, shall we? We shall. Our first viewer mail comes in from Roger. He writes, hello to the entire Ball and Chain fam. This is your Colorado Waving Cyclist Wildlife Crossing Guard and UConn alum, Roger. Yes, I was at UConn from 1977 to 1981 before Gample was there. I lived in the jungle, North Campus. I think they prefer you use that now for three years and spent one year in McMahon. It was a crazy time to be at UConn since the drinking age was 18 when I started at school. The all-boys dorm Stowe, is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Was still there and ended with the infamous end of the world party, IDC, Independent Democratic Community, was in the frats and UConn was ranked by Playboy magazine as the number six party school in the nation. And, Rebecca, he encloses a link, embeds a link to a New York Times story from 1979 vouchsafing that... uh, uh, oh, the story is the headline is UConn students face disciplinary action for campus rampage. So he didn't, um, it wasn't ranked number six party school by U.S. News and World Report, which I'm sure Roger was also reading, but it was by, by Playboy Magazine. Playboy yes. Magazine, Playboy, yeah. He writes Playboy Magazine, uh, so, that, so we don't confuse it with Playboy, the Shakespearean play. Right. <laughs> Regarding turtles, Roger writes, you might not be old enough to remember when small silver dollar-sized turtles were often sold in pet stores. Problem is that turtles are a source of salmonella, and kids often got sick from having them as pets. I had several, and they often didn't last long, so my parents replaced several turtles without ever telling me the previous one had died until I finally found both salt and pepper dead. 
stores stop selling turtles because of the disease issues. Again, helpfully embeds a link to an FDA uh, uh, tutorial on the spread of uh, germs and disease among uh, pet turtles. Did you know they were such uh, toxic I critters? I didn't, but I appreciate that because we brought it up last week. And, and it just, a, again, e even more sanctifies your, your mother. Yes. You can still turtle. help them cross the street. Just wash your hands after, I say. I, I now help them cross. I, I will now help them cross the street by shouting encouragement at them as they cross the street, <laughs> but keeping my distance. You've always kept your distance. That's true. Finally, I don't think the one you guys referenced was made of ghost bikes. Most likely they were simply painted white. Ghost. This is referring to a fence made of bikes painted white. Mm. Distinct, Roger points out, from ghost bikes. Okay? Yes. Ghost bikes, while painted white, have a very special place in the cycling community as they are most often placed near the spot where a cyclist has lost their lives in an accident. Unfortunately, I have a few I pass regularly that are in honor of folks I have known who were hit by cars while riding their bikes. Some communities don't allow them. Highlands Ranch, Colorado, where I live, is one. But like the small and sometimes large crosses and other tributes you see along the side of the road that honor people who have died in accidents, when you see one, when you see one, just realize some cyclists died near that spot. Sorry to end on a bummer, but just wanted to clarify exactly what a ghost bike is. Keep up the great work that keeps me sane at work or entertained while cycling. Roger, Roger, thank you. Well, that has to be pretty heavy, not only if you're driving by in an automobile, but if you're driving by on a, a bicycle. You know, yeah, not far. You, yeah, anytime I'm driving, you know, sometimes you're on a highway and you'll see, you know, a recent shrine or flowers well, or signs or whatever. And gosh, what a not far from our house. Uh, in the last, sometime in the last three months, the roads were closed and Lifestar had come to um, to the aid of a, a cyclist in a in a car yeah. uh, bicycle uh, accident. Be careful, everyone, as as you're driving, and and we have. Cyclists ride the roads around here a ton. All the time. I, I, I passed a peloton of maybe a dozen cyclists yeah. this morning. And I say I passed them. They were going in the opposite direction, but there were cars who were slowing down to, to go around them. Right. It's always a you know delicate what, navigation, Rebecca? yeah. For the cyclists especially, I'm sure. Um, June from Georgia writes, this is headed laughter. So maybe this will okay. bring us out of our uh, heavier discussion here. I hope this finds all of you doing well. Just wanted to drop by and say thanks. Thanks for continuing to do the podcast and putting a smile on our faces as well as laughter in our hearts. Best regards, June from Georgia. That's nice, yeah, Rebecca. Very nice. We're, we're hearing from June from Georgia in June right. from Georgia. Right. There's a lot going on there. How, how, how uh, any chance that our next email is from Georgia in June? <laughs> no. Our next two uh, uh, letters, Rebecca, in chronological order, are from two different Ralphs, okay? Oh, I like when this happens. First, Ralph uh, writes a uh, multiple Ralph question is his, is his header. And it's too bad, Rebecca, that we don't have your, well, that, not, not your former teammate, but your, your, uh, your former UConn, uh, well, your, your, your UConn basketball alumnus family member, Shay Ralph, on this podcast yeah, now right. to talk about she could be the third Ralph. Mm. Mm, that's all you got for me? Well, you could go a lot of places with that, but yes. Yeah, okay. just, mm. 
Uh, Ralph writes, is it spelled Ralphs, R-A-L-P-H-V-E-S, or Ralphs, R-A-L-V-E-S? Sincerely, your resident friend of Sam Farmer. Uh, oh, this is, this is uh, Ralph Miller. He describes himself as the men are dumb guy who bought a coffee grinder when I thought it was a small food processor. <laughs> well, Ralph, funny you should say that because I still haven't returned the oven that I bought, Rebecca, for Mother's Day, although it has a 90-day return policy. I thought you returned week, no? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. We have time. We have time, but soon we're going to own a superfluous oven. No, we're not. We're we will have, a, we will have a, a, a secondary and tertiary pantry, and we will have a... Tertiary oven. After my cup of coffee, we can no longer afford the oven. <laughs> it's time to return the oven. True, true that. So our our next uh, letter, email, comes from an entirely different Ralph. This is Ralph in Maryland. Hi, Restiva. I was planning to have calamari regarding squid licking in the podcast two twelve. I just I just like that not only that somebody is writing this, but that we all know what he means. Oh, exactly. I was planning to have calamari re squid licking podcast 212 for dinner last Saturday night, but my friend had to cancel. Instead, I went to Bob Turtle regarding podcast 212 and 211, Bob Turtle Smith Stadium for the baseball game between the Yukon Huskies and the Maryland Terrapins, a kind of turtle. I did not have a ticket, but my chance encounter with tailgaters in the parking garage near the stadium led to the purchase of one. If Ed from Maryland re viewer mail podcast 212, Ed is our patent attorney, also in Maryland, just That's like right. Ralph. Knows Doug and Kevin, please tell them they have my thanks again. Whoa, doctor, re podcast 212 and 210. That was Red Barber's uh, catchphrase, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Would have been said a lot had Red Barber been on the call. I had a great time with Terps and Husky fans. Instead of salad, calamari, and a cannoli, I had popcorn, a Nathan's quality hot dog, and M&Ms. The Huskies won 10-5 and are to face Stanford in the Super Regional at Stanford. The Huskies just lost that, that uh, three-game series, two games to one. Oh, so I didn't do, know they lost. Yeah, the they third did. Game. So they do not advance to the oh. uh, College World Series in Omaha. But what a run for the Huskies! Yeah, that's a bummer, though. But yeah, great, great season. Stanford, as Ralph points out, was the number two seed, so the Huskies will need some luck. Uh, it would be nice if I could get in touch with Ed from Maryland. Can you broker that? I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can uh, make that happen. Um, our next Gmail come. It's what is it, Rebecca? ballandchainpod at gmail.com that's what it is ballandchainpod at gmail.com comes from uh, one of our neighbors Rebecca Ken here's a sign I I notice of a parent and daughter's business oh uh, uh, remember so and so and so and sons but we don't get a lot of so and so and daughters right but we saw one you and I were driving somewhere recently on the drive to New York yes like in in uh, southern Connecticut we saw a something and daughters what, what yes. company was it? It was a it was a uh, catering company, I think. Was it? I thought it was Locksmith or something like that. Something like that. Something and daughter. It was something. We should and have daughter. remembered. We should have I taken know. a picture. But Rebecca, remind me why were we preoccupied on the drive down to New York? We were we were very kindly we were driven to New York, um, and uh, in in a sort of airport shuttle van because there were yep. six of us. So we got in. Everybody's excited about going to New York. We pull out of the driveway, pull down the street. Oh, well, we don't. The the the, 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 the kind woman, woman driving from who was based in New York. She so didn't pull out come. of the driveway. She, we didn't make it out of the driveway. No, we did didn't we? make it oh. out of the driveway. So she came up from New York. Probably expected only to be coming, going to Southern Connecticut. No, you're going a couple hours to Northern Connecticut. Picks up our family. We pull out of the driveway. We pull down the street. and my, we, we haven't been gone for 45 seconds. Nah, my big coffee tumbler falls out of the um, cup holder. 
onto the floor and spills coffee yep. all over her her automobile or otherwise immaculate your your, your tumbler did what a tumbler is it, it says on the label it tumbled it tumbled so she said well what do you want i said i just spilled a, a large amount of coffee and she said uh well what would you like to do you want me to you know find somewhere to pull over i said no the best thing to do is to go back to the house go back to the house get a big giant towel come out i'm on my hands and knees our daughters are in their little outfits for the premiere cleaning the uh the co- spilled coffee off of the floor. It was probably, what, $2? No, a dollar worth of Connecticut coffee. It would have probably been $27 worth of Washington, D.C. coffee. Anyway, got that all cleaned, and then we were able to start again on our jer- journey to Manhattan. All I can think of while you're telling that story, and you told it wonderfully, is is the top three songs. I can only name two of them with Tumble in the title. Rebecca, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I don't have any. Tumbling Dice by the Rolling Stones. Okay. I'll Tumble For You, Boy George, Culture Club. Oh, I know that song. Mm-hmm. You know that song, but you don't know Tumbling Dice. I'm sure I do. And what's well, your third? I, I don't have a third, but I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, uh, nobody else on the planet has two that they can <laughs> spring to mind, so well done by you. I'm sure a, a quick uh, Google search or, or one of our viewers will, will no doubt have a third uh, Tumbling song that. Um, oh, t- no, that's Stumbling In. Remember Susie Quattro, right? I don't know. Stumbling in, huh? I don't know. You know that song, huh? Right? No. You don't know that song? Uh, you know that song. Our love is alive, and so we begin. Foolishly laying our hearts on the table. Stumbling in. So we've got two tumblings and a stumbling. Okay. Okay. All right? Yes. You just say, let's just move on. Yes. Susie Quattro. Yes. Susie Quattro, Rebecca, was uh, Leather Tuscadero on Happy Days. Oh, okay. Sister of Pinky Tuscadero. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. You have an idea what I'm talking about? I do. Excellent. Well, anyway, uh, apologies to Ken because he has a one-sentence email here, and I, I only got halfway through it. Right. That's about right with you. Yes, it is right with me. Ken writes, here's a sign I noticed of a parent and daughter's business on our way to march in a parade with my daughter in Rhode Island. See attached photos, and there are attached photos, Rebecca, and it is, it is indeed a uh, uh, inspiring. It is uh, Diffley and daughters, and what is it, Rebecca? It's a come on. It's a porta potty. Oh, we've got. A, I think we're okay to post that picture. Well, I mean, it, it has it has a phone number and a and a website on it, so I think they would they would. I love it. And, and are they they're the pinkish, right? They're, they're, yes, it and says, color. with pride on site, the job's done right. Nice. Well, Diffley and yeah. daughters. Septic, sewer, and drain. Excellent. So we're, we're, we're finding, um, we should publish a coffee table book of, of so-and-so and daughters businesses, right? Yeah. You say, yeah, like like we actually should. No, I, I, I would at least look through it if I saw it somewhere. Rich writes, uh, your story last week about Rebecca coming in at the last minute to finish your home repair project. This is this is headlined, Rebecca's One Pitch Saved. Do you remember, Rebecca, what your one pitch save was? I put the handle on the trash can. Are you kidding? Of course I remember. Yeah, yeah. After, after uh, assiduously assembling the sliding yes. drawer thing for the for the wastebasket, not to mention going and purchasing it and all that, yes, researching we, it. We talked about this last week. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm just reminding, you know, somebody may... Somebody may have decided to. It's like it's like when you when you um, I was at Barnes and Noble the other day, and there was um, 
you know, 10,000 uh, true, no, not true crime, 10,000 uh, mystery novels or, or crime novels by the great Michael Connolly, who I through who, who was a friend of Sam Farmer's, and we run a Zoom. Uh, I was on a Zoom with him with a bunch of people early in the pandemic. And I say, you know, where do I begin, you know, reading Michael Connolly? There, there's, there are so many novels. Do you are start, they all the same character? You, no, no. One has got a famous character, Bosch, but they're, they're not. But, but, but do you start with the very first one and go chronologically? Do you... I'm I'm experiencing the same. I think like a Harry Potter. Yes, you start okay. with well, the first one. Well, but, yeah, with, but there's there's like a finite those, number of Harry Potters. With, with, with um, I'm experiencing the same thing. I'm binge watching Rebecca. I don't binge watch anything, as you know, but but I've I've watched now four randomly um, uh, in random chronology Columbos, and now I realize I have to watch every Columbo ever made. I mean, uh, Peter Falk is is the genius. And the show, they show you the crime at the start. You've de- you're de- you've decided that you need to watch every Columbo. That's, that's within re- every that's Columbo the of the seventies. You've had recently. I, I need I, to watch every Columbo. I, 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 I've lived long enough. I've learned almost nothing about being on this planet, and and I, I fear the only insight that I've gotten after more than half a century on Earth is, I really need to watch every Columbo. Mm. I watched one that was on. I just recorded on TV. And it was fantastic. It was it was about a mystery writer who murdered his mystery writing partner. And at the end, this two-hour uh, episode, the first graphic that comes up, the first credit says, directed by Steven Spielberg. So you see the seeds of, of, of the genius in, in this episode of Columbo, which was a universal show, and Steven Spielberg was under contract to Universal to, to direct TV stuff. So anyway... Um, what the what what were we talking about? I don't know what. You oh, we were, were reading Rich's about. email. Okay, so your story last week. Oh, you said you said I don't need to retell the story about about assembling the the wastebasket, but right. you don't know where people are going to dip in. Maybe maybe somebody is starting with this episode, has no idea of uh, of the back story, and and then Fair they're going enough. to skip around like I am doing with Columbo. Okay. Okay, that was my point. Okay. This email comes from Rich. Did I mention that? Yeah, you did. Your story last week about Rebecca coming in at the last minute to finish your home repair project reminded me of a Christmas Eve many years ago when our boys were young. One of their gifts that year was a big wheel, and I had already seen the dreaded words, some assembly required, on the box, so I knew I had some work ahead of me. After finally getting them to go to bed, I started the assembly process. Things went relatively smoothly at first, which was a pleasant surprise given that there may or may not have been adult beverages consumed. But they took a turn for the worse when I got to the final stage. Rebecca, I've been there with the, the uh, cozy coop assembly, oh, though, just, just child uh, vehicles. Yes. No matter how many times I tried, I couldn't attach the rear axle. I was already imagining their disappointment the next morning as they looked at a non-rideable big wheel under the tree. Despite the late hour, I woke my wife to deliver the bad news. She came down to look at it, but I told her there was nothing that could be done. We had been clearly sent the wrong part. After a quick glance, she gave it a try, and to my surprise, it worked. Mm, imagine that. Sometimes it takes a fresh uh, a Christmas miracle, writes Rich. I was both relieved and mad at the same time. I'd be mostly mad, Rich, I have to say. Um, but but sometimes it does take a you fresh have, pair of eyes. You know what you would have done? What would I have done? You would have thrown it in the woods. 
I would not have thrown it in the woods. I, Just I, like the handle. You said you were going to throw the handle to the garbage can in the woods. You would have thrown the rear, rear axle I would, in the woods. You would have, unless your lovely wife would have um, fixed it before you could throw in, it in, in the fairness, woods. my lovely wife is, is mechanically inclined. <laughs> is she not? And so is riches, clearly. Yeah, well, but sometimes it just, sometimes it takes a fresh pair of eyes. Like if you're looking at the, the New York Times spelling bee for too long, you set it aside, you come back to it, suddenly things fall into place. Sometimes it requires a pair of eyes that aren't in your head. Yes, true. That's what I mean by <laughs> fresh pair of eyes, somebody's mean. eyes who aren't mine. Yes. Thanks again for the podcast, Rich. Rich, your stories often bring back fun marriage and parenting memories for me. Thank you, Rich. And finally, Rebecca. Yeah, here it is. Southern report from the Florida Panhandle is the is the intriguing header. Do you suppose do you suppose Dr. Siegel is in Destin? Is he in? Uh, we, we shouldn't say. Wait, no, I'm we, sure he will say. He, he, well, he he may or may not say, but let, let's let's see, shall we? We shall. Good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve. I write this note from the idyllic front porch of our. Well, he says in the first sentence. Of course, he does, Rebecca. I write this note from the idyllic front porch of our rental beach home in Watercolor, Florida. Now, nice. this is obviously a fictional, he's fictionalized. There's the, clearly, there isn't a watercolor Florida, is there? I don't know that Dr. Siegel's ever lied to us about location, but let's Watercolor Florida. Do you suppose they have latex Florida and oil-based Florida and other paint-related uh, Floridas? Sure. Which is a planned community next to and similar to Seaside, Florida. Alert viewers may recall that The Truman Show, a 1998 Jim Carrey movie, was filmed in Seaside. Well, of course. Rebecca, I, I, even before he said that, I pictured Watercolor Florida as a as a Truman Show-like community, not unlike Celebration Florida, which is the Disney-planned community. Right. Along with the children and granddaughters, both of whom are around three years old, we've enjoyed the beach, the pool, the lazy river, as well as small and large water slides. I'm appreciative of the podcast's expert on lazy river design. I've taken the liberty of attaching pictures of our luxurious rental home, as well as one from a gigantic home nearby, for your enjoyment and edification. Uh, let's, let's see if these if these pictures edify, Rebecca. And, and indeed, uh, beautiful home. Look at this, Rebecca. Isn't that just exactly as you would picture? Oh, Dr. Siegel uh, uh, maybe rocking on the front porch beneath yes. a turning ceiling fan yes. while sipping a, a um, something out of a coconut shell, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Since this is a vacation week, I'll try, likely without success, to be brief. One, three-year-olds have not exactly grasped the, sp the specifics of how to play hide-and-seek. However, they're exceedingly cute and excited when they play it with me. Now, do you suppose Dr. Siegel is, is hiding or seeking? I hope he's seeking. Uh, I, I have a feeling his hiding consists of uh, sitting on that porch with like a, yeah. a blanket thrown over his head. Two, Steve, I apologize for any admonishment that I that I indelicately <laughs> delivered in my last note. Remember Dr. Siegel just uh, uh, ripped my head off in I a do. recent missive. I do remember. Uh, any admonishments that you deserve can come from your wife and children, as Rebecca has already pointed out, how she and your 15-year-old can digitally communicate behind your back and then collectively roll their eyes when you do something dad-like. I'm also a captain of the good ship SS Clueless Dad and suspect that many captains are among the viewers. SS Clueless Dad. SS Clueless Dad, yes. Three, you've impressed us all with your repair of the sliding trash can using common household <laughs> skills and tools. You've impressed do, us do, all. Do you sense any 
patronizing tone in that, Rebecca, or do you think he's being sincere? I think it's nothing but patronizing. I think tone. he's Although being sincere. Although Dr. Siegel, it could be sincere. I, think, I don't think there's a patronizing uh, atom in in Dr. Siegel's uh, entire being. Yes. Similarly, your grace under pressure in the fortress-like drive-through line at Burger King and at Chipotle is admirable. Now, now I think he is winding me up, Rebecca. I th- yeah, clearly. Though, though I, 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 on the other hand. It was quite admirable, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Four, you did cover ground. You did cover ground squirrels and flying squirrels in the last pod, but I was quite surprised that you did not reference Rocket J. Rocky Squirrel, who was a famous flying squirrel. However, in your defense, the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends ended its five-year TV run in 1964. But of course, I saw them in reruns, and and uh, as I probably said before, I'm not a big fan of. Well, that was before I was born. Right, Rebecca? Yeah, you don't like when people say. I don't I don't enjoy that. No. Really, because World War Two was before That's I was always born. That's your go-to. And I, and World War Two was before I was born, but I'm it, still aware of it. Yes. Well, that's, is, that's, that not a, is, that not a, is that not a valid defense? It's a, it's a very valid defense. Let me defense. ask you this. Have you ever heard the name Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> well, that was before I was born. <laughs> does, does Bill Shakespeare ring a bell, Rebecca? Our second Shakespeare reference, I think, on this. Uh, what was the first, Rebecca? Do you remember? little I, pop quiz during the... I don't know. That was uh, when uh, when Roger re- referred to Playboy magazine. Oh, right. As opposed to Playboy, the Shakespearean play. Five, on a recent podcast, I wrote about our top-loading dryer. Upon close inspection, indeed our dryer, while an older appearing model, does load from the front. A photo is attached. Look at this, Rebecca. A photograph of Dr. Siegel's dryer, and it is, in fact, a front loader. Now, how many times do you think Dr. Siegel has done the laundry if he didn't know whether his dryer was a top loader or a front loader? I don't know. I've or, never seen a top loading or, dryer. You know what our dryer is, Rebecca? What? It's a curt loader. <laughs> do you understand that reference? I, I get the reference, yes. Former MTV VJ, for those who uh, are still listening somehow. Six, the Formula One report is complex and deserves its own list. A. At the recent race in Baku, Azerbaijan, Monegasque Charles Leclerc put his Ferrari on pole yet again, but suffered a failure and did not finish. He has been unsuccessful in converting frequent pole positions into expected wins. Teammate Carlos Sainz, who may be a tad slower, has had terrible luck and trails his other main rivals by many points. But Rebecca, Dr. Siegel may touch on this, but I believe the next, the next race is the Canadian Grand Prix. B. Ferrari suffered a double DNF, did not finish, in Baku, which is a scenic and challenging street track and one that's surrounded by structures from the 12th century, as well as the trappings of a modern-day city. Rebecca, you are also uh, surrounded by structures from the 12th century. I am. Oh, never mind. I thought you were going you're to make an old joke about me. No, no. C. Red Bull Racing has cemented its lead in the Constructors' Championship with Max Verstappen and Sergio Checo. Perez finishing P1, P2 at Baku. Dr. Siegel helpfully uh, encloses a, a um, phonetical, phonetic pronunciation of Phonetical. <laughs> phonetical. Phonetical. D. Mercedes team principal Toto Wolf has complained about the cars porpoising or bouncing on the straights. This is a result of the new 2022 specifications, and other teams have had problems with porpoising as well. The drivers are. Uh, what the, is porpoising again? Porpoising is is bouncing on the straightaways like this, oh. like a porpoise might, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the drivers are facing difficulties with back pain and having problems seeing critical visual markers on the tracks. Toto suggests that the rules need modification, 
An arrival team principal from Red Bull Racing, Christian Horner, who is married to one of the Spice Girls, Rebecca, has argued that some teams in essence got things right and others didn't. Thus, the rules should not be changed. E, and this is this is his final letter. Lastly, the next race is in Montreal at the Circuit Gilles Villeneuve on the Ile Notre-Dame. <clears throat> I'm not sure what the French pronunciation of circuit is. Uh, in 2007, at, the very, at that very circuit, my son and I watched the then-rookie and now seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton collect his first pole and a race win. With warmest regards from sunny Florida, where I can't seem to correct fonts and the margins, he remains. Gary and Rebecca, There is he, he helpfully encloses a, a, uh, an interior photo of this rental house and it, it does look as he described oh, idyllic the ceiling fans right it's perfect high ceilings high ceiling fans and uh and a, and a large screen tv on which he can watch the canadian grand prix if he's still vacationing um this weekend rebecca anything else i think um we've said it all and we've, we've said it all, it all in 40 in, minutes yes well done tonight uh, as people are listening to this it will have been last night or or last week but uh, tonight as we speak this is that's the airing of the on espn but you can also go to the espn app if you have it it'll be uh, available there it's one of espn's 30 for 30 documentaries dream on and there's another documentary that was at the tribeca film festival about the new york liberty and the creation of the wnba am i right you are right so you're 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 on screens everywhere you're on wide release rebecca (laughs) yes that's all you have to say. That's all I have to well, say. For uh, producer Denny Gallagher. For Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's all we have. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane